As you're being seated, go ahead and find your Bibles. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 6 today. Daniel chapter 6 will actually be through a lot of other, we'll kind of look at several verses in Daniel, but we'll land in chapter 6. While you're turning there, let me ask you this question. What do the following names have in common? Anna from Frozen, or Anna from Frozen, uh, Nemo the Clownfish, Joshua, Esther, Abraham Lincoln, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and Chris Kyle. What do those names have in common? Well, some are fictional, some are real, but in each story, they had to demonstrate courage. Courage is something that most of us would like to have, but in reality, few of us have it. And so what I find we frequently do in our society is we settle for substitute courage. We live vicariously through other things. And so we maybe we read inspirational books about people who have done something, or we go see the Avengers movie about superheroes, or we play Fortnite, or we uh, watch the Cowboys, and we think about how strong and quick and fast they were, and we talk about how we used to be that fast back in our prime. But you live vicariously through other people. But in many of our lives, rather than being a lion when it comes to courage, we're just a, a mouse. I mean, think about your prayers. How often in your prayers do you pray for safety? I mean, I pray for safety a lot. Particularly whenever I'm praying for my kids, I pray that the Lord may keep them safe and that we'll have a safe day. We prayed for safety here at church today as well. But then how often do you intentionally pray, God, help me to be courageous? Or have you ever prayed, God, would you give me courage? I think the most courageous man who ever lived is Jesus Christ. And if you are going to follow him, then he's going to change your life. You can't follow Jesus and simply have your life stay the same. And following Jesus is going to send you against the flow. And it's going to cause your beliefs and your faith to be stretched, and as it does so, it's going to demand from you an uncommon courage. And so today, I want us to look at one of the most godly and also one of the most courageous people who ever lived. This guy was so godly and so courageous, and God used him to such a degree that several thousand years later, we're still studying about his life. I'm talking about the Old Testament prophet known as Daniel. Now, for what was Daniel most famous? What do you think of when you think of Daniel? What? The lion's den, right? Daniel and the lion's den. Every year, my sister gives my family an unusual Christmas gift. She gives us a membership to the Dallas Zoo. And so I love to go to the zoo. And whenever I go to the zoo, my favorite place to go is the lion's den. I love looking at the lion's den. And right next to the lion's den at the Dallas Zoo, there's this restaurant. And you can go in there and you can buy like a $7.50 Coke. And, and as you're drinking your Coke and thinking about how you're going to have to take out a second mortgage to pay for it, then there's this glass window that you can see all the lions. And in fact, sometimes they will come right up to 
the window. I remember uh, Karis or McKenna, when they were itty-bitty, was like in the window going uh, to the lions and stuff like that. But it's cool to look at their paws and look at their claws and their teeth and, and the power that these animals possess. And I cannot imagine being thrown into that lion's den. But here's something you need to realize about Daniel. Daniel didn't just one day say, you know what, I think I'll stare down lions today. I think I'll be that man of courage long before the lion's den. Daniel was cultivating prayer, faith, and courage in his life. Day after day, month after month, year after year, Daniel was a person of discipline, a person of prayer. He was that man that took those uncommon steps and went against the flow. His story begins in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 1, where the Bible says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. Okay, so the year is 605 B.C. Daniel's a teenager, probably 15, 16, finishing up his sophomore year at Noah High School, home of the Flying Doves, and he's consumed with the things that most teenage boys should be consumed with. He was probably thinking about getting his chariot's license or finding a date for the homecoming event or passing AP calculus. In the country that he lived in, there in Jerusalem, Judah, uh, gone were the glory years. David and Solomon in those years of great wealth and prestige, those years were gone and Daniel's nation was now living during a difficult time, there were prophets that would come onto the scene. One of the most foremost was a guy by the name of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah told the people, look, if we don't change our ways, judgment is coming. But nobody wanted to listen to Jeremiah. They just hid him on their Facebook feeds or blocked him on their cell phones because they didn't want to hear that if they didn't change, problems were going to come their way. But then one day, problems marched into the city in the form of King Nebuchadnezzar and his army, the Babylonian Empire. And at that point, young Daniel's world fell apart. He was snatched up, taken from his home, taken, back, or taken over to Babylon, and he was forced into slavery. Now just think about that. Let that sit in for just a moment. An army comes into your community, takes you, takes you to another country, another place to live, and you're suddenly going from where you are today to living in slavery. Now here was the plan. The plan was to take the best and the brightest from Jerusalem and to remake them to drain them of their beliefs and to turn Daniel and his friends into good Babylonians. And then they could send these young men back home to have positions of authority there in their homeland. But here's what the Babylonians didn't realize. Daniel was a young man, but he was a young man who had deep beliefs and an unmistakable courage. Now make sure you download this about courage. Great courage is always anchored in deep belief. If you don't stand for something, if you don't have beliefs, then you won't have courage. You won't go against the flow. If there's not something to which you are committed, you won't demonstrate courage. Great courage is always anchored in deep belief. And Daniel had a deep faith and a deep belief in God, so much so that he goes against the flow. And in verse 8 of chapter 1, Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food 
or with the wine that he drank. The dictionary tells me that courage is a noun. It's a destination place. It's the ability to do something that you know is difficult or dangerous. And often when we think of courage, we think of it as something that's for the superhero or it's, maybe it's for larger-than-life individuals. Those first responders, those men and women that are in the military, those people that we read about or we see those blurbs on the news who have overcome disabilities to do great things in life. And we think, you know what, courage is for them. But I want you to realize this, courage is also for ordinary, well-adjusted, coffee-sipping, SUV-driving, middle-class, metroplex suburbanites like us. You need, thank you, Dusty, you need courage. Every day of your life, choices come your way. And you have to decide, am I going to take the easy way or am I going to do the courageous thing? Am I going to stand for something? Am I going to be a person of depth? Am I going to be a person of principle? Every day of your life, choices come your way, and you have to ask yourself, am I going to surrender my beliefs to the crowd, or am I going to keep the faith? And great courage doesn't begin in the climactic moment. Great courage doesn't begin in the lion's den. Great courage comes from God. It lands in our heart. It is nurtured and cultivated through those quiet moments of prayer, and it grows within you when day by day, week after week, month after month, you take those small steps of faith, and you become this person of courage. So Daniel was a man of great beliefs, and he chose to take a different path, and God granted him favor. Now, you shouldn't miss that from the story. When, when Daniel chose to take the different path, God granted him favor. And that word favor basically means the presence and power of God upon Daniel's life. And then Daniel endured adversity. He went through a lot of tough times. But his faith led him to this destination of courage. So the story fast forwards. Years go by. And Daniel time and time again, finds himself face-to-face with fear. Am I going to be courageous or not? His courage is put to the test. In chapter 2, the king of Babylon goes crazy, and he demands an interpretation of a dream, and nobody can give it to him, and he's about to kill Daniel until Daniel goes into the presence of God, and God gives him the answer, and he stands before the king and gives the king the answer. In chapter 3, the king goes narcissistic. He builds this big text statue to himself, and he basically tells everybody, you have to worship me. But you'll remember Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They put their faith in God, and they escaped the fiery furnace in an act of great faith and courage. You really need to read this book. If you've never read the book of Daniel, read it this week. Don't read it right now, but read it this week, okay? In chapter 4, Daniel reaches a point where he is given leadership and responsibility. A lot of us want leadership, but we don't want the responsibility that goes along with leadership. So Daniel receives leadership and responsibility, and he puts him in a situation where he has to break bad news to two kings. 
Now, it would have been easy for him to simply go into the, to the kings and lie, to tell them what they wanted to hear. But Daniel, the man of courage, the man who trusted God, he went into the kings and he told them what they needed to hear, and they recognized it and they appreciated him. In chapter 6, things are going well for Daniel. At this point, a new kingdom has come in, the Persian Empire. You've probably seen them in movies. And Darius, the king of Persia, recognizes Daniel and his abilities, and he makes him what is called a satrap. Basically, the three highest ranking officials in all of Babylon. So think about this. This young slave boy 